and welcome to the next episode of Talk Me to the Movies. This is Kara. And this is Brenna. And this week, um, we are still in the midst of COVID-19, quarantining, social distancing. And so this next episode, one thing that we decided to do is with all of our free time, instead of watching really good cinema, we decided to watch really bad cinema. Um, I know, right? This is the time. (laughs) Yeah. If there's a time to waste your time on bad cinema, it's now. So that's what we did. Uh, This week, we took some advice uh, from some friends and family and coworkers on some bad movies, and we ended up landing on a movie that came out in 2017 called The Mummy, uh, starring (laughs) the very well-known Tom Cruise, and it's directed by Alex Kurtzman. And it was a bad movie. It was. We had read a lot of things that said this was a bad movie, and they were not wrong. I looked up some of the, um, just some on some of the well-known film review sites, what kind of scores and ratings it received. So on Letterboxd, it got two out of five stars, or four out of ten, depending on how you look at that. It had 16% on Rotten Tomatoes, so... Certified rotten. I don't know if that's a thing they say. But then (laughs) on IMDb, it got a 5.4 out of 10. That seems high to me. I thought so too. I was like, okay, IMDb is over the midpoint. That stands out a little bit. (laughs) I I will say like as bad as this movie was, I think it got better as it went along. Yeah. I think it started off as like a 0.5 and ended... For me, at about a two. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think my final letterbox score was two and a half stars. I bumped it up to one additional half. I think I originally gave it two. But yeah, I will say I didn't feel like it was overwhelmingly boring, which was good. I was kind of afraid of that just from other things I had heard. But I was somewhat entertained, even if I didn't love what I was seeing on the screen the whole time. (laughs) Do you feel that way? No, I do. I think I was entertained by some of, like, the bad things about this movie. Like, we've already talked about this separately, just about a few, like, little sexism situations. Yeah. Like, the relationship between men and fe- or males and females in this movie. Um, I was, I think I was almost, like, more like, wow, did that seriously just happen? And did someone allow that to happen? So that kind of, like, pushed me through the movie (laughs) it gave you something to pay attention to (laughs) yes and a lot of the time I was trying to figure out if I should be laughing or not (laughs) yes that's such a good point because one of the notes I wrote down when I was watching it is I was like I'm not exactly sure what this movie is supposed to be like is it a dark comedy is it a horror film or is it Indiana Jones like I'm not really sure (laughs) It kind of jerked you back and forth a little bit between those different moods. (laughs) I agree. I think it was literally trying to be all the same things at once, which I think is what made it so not productive. (laughs) I'm going to let you take the reins and explain this film. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I may have some questions as I am explaining. But so this movie, as you mentioned, follows Tom Cruise, which... I never would have thought that I would talk about two Tom Cruise movies back to back, (laughs) knowing my aforementioned um, kind of, 
I'm just not not the biggest fan, but you know what? These were two very different movies, and I wasn't too hung up on it, so that's good. But anyway, so it follows Tom Cruise, whose character I, I think is named Nick, which is confusing because also Nick from New Girl plays his best friend, so I was really confused over which one was named Nick for a while. <laughs> that but, was a huge error. That was a, wasn't that it? Was, yeah, it was very distracting. Yes, there's like, so many names. Why did it have to be Nick? <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole time I was like, wait, Nick Miller? Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why is he calling him his name? But <laughs> anyway, so that was confusing right off the bat. Um, so, yeah, so it follows this character, Nick, who, along with his best friend, is something in the army. I'm not really sure what their job was. Um <laughs> but apparently on the side, they don't do what they're supposed to be doing and they steal relics and ancient artifacts from the cities that they're doing recon in or, you know, whatever. I really have no idea what their jobs were or why they had such high security clearance. But <laughs> um, so that's kind of what they do as a hobby side job. So basically, in the beginning, they're starting off um, in one of their jobs and they by accident discover an underground um, ancient Egyptian tomb I believe in the middle of Iraq and while they're down there they well actually Nick releases the body and evil spirit of a former Egyptian princess Amenet I believe is how they said her name yeah it's Amet or Amenet yeah something like that yes so she had been doomed to be, I guess, forever underground, never to be released because she was an Egyptian princess who was supposed to be heir to the throne. But long story short, her dad ended up having another child who was a male and was then the rightful heir. So she was angry about that um, and decided to make a deal with um, the god of death, who I believe is Set. This is really um, testing my knowledge of ancient Egypt here. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, so she made a deal with him to have immortality, um, and to also let him live in a mortal man's body so that they could have control over the world and be living gods. But basically she was caught in the act of that, buried alive, never to be released again. But then Nick and friends release her in present time. Um, and then she's, she's basically happy to be out in the world again. And she's on a mission to pick up where she started and, uh, become ruler of the world and allow the god set to be in someone's body so that they can rule together. And surprise, surprise, she picks Nick to be that conduit for set. So <laughs> poor Tom Cruise. <laughs> did that? Did that do it? Did I miss anything important? <laughs> no, I think that's. I think that's ter- terrific. Um, yeah, and I. I think we should also mention. Basically, there's two main women characters in this. Um, there's mm-hmm. Ahmet, who's the princess who's come back from the dead, the mummy, as you would say. And there's <laughs> Jennifer Halsey, who plays this archaeologist who, in her in her in her career, she actually studies the monsters. <laughs> you come to find out as one does yes yeah so tom cruise is really in this love triangle with this mummy woman this sexy mummy woman and Mm -hmm. this archaeologist 
which is wild because the archaeologist role is like they they introduce us to her which like immediate problems but they introduce us to her by basically saying that she and nick have had had a one night stand the night before but otherwise at least the gist i got was that they didn't know each other but yet, of course, throughout the course of the movie, they try to convince us that they're falling in love for real. But then also, yes, the mummy is in love with Nick because he's the one who released her. And so she's lashed onto him as the one who's got to be uh, the god set to so she can be his queen and they can rule the world together. It's like things got complicated really fast. <laughs> I think if anyone's the god in this film, it's probably Tom Cruise. I mean, (laughs) everyone is bowing down to Tom Cruise in this film. Yeah, and I have no idea why. Like, not because of Tom Cruise himself, but his character. Like, (laughs) one thing I find really interesting that I completely forgot about until you were talking about when you were explaining the plot of the film was that. That Nick and um, his best friend, Chris Vale, who is who we know as Nick Miller from New Girl, <laughs> they are in the army. And they, <laughs> like, if, if you're going to make something about a sexy mummy and all this stuff, at least make the things that are, like, real about life believable. Because right. there's one point that they're getting in trouble by their sergeant or something, and they're not even getting in trouble. It's like, it, it's just very yeah. not believable. And it's just like everything, all everything that happened in the first 30 minutes just felt like thrown together and very unclear to me. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it was pretty lazy. Like, I remember that scene when, yeah, they're being chastised and, and he's basically, like, they basically, Nick and, what is his name, Chris? They called in an airstrike, which is essentially how this underground tomb was eventually found. Like when the rubble settles, they've kind of exposed this. They called in an airstrike without uh, being cleared for that. And they just did it of their own volition. And then, yeah, they didn't even get a slap on the wrist. It was They were like, you know, we had to make this call. (laughs) That's like a a really scary proposition. Yeah. Like, (laughs) because in real life. I mean, they put a lot of people in danger and yeah, it just was not, it didn't, it didn't get us into the setting in a very clean way. Yeah. And then 10 minutes after the airstrike comes strolling in Tom Cruise's one night stand to tell him, why'd you steal my map? Like, what? Yes. It was just like so unbelievable. And yeah. It was, that part was like so bad to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of choices that were made here that I just don't really understand, but yeah. And another thing about that one night stand is there's kind of this gag when she's introduced and he's pretending like he doesn't remember her name, but then if I don't unless I missed something because I was already getting mad or, <laughs> or something, but I don't think even after that bit happens, they actually don't tell us her name for like another 20 minutes. I was like, what is her name? Who is this person? Like, can't she at least be called something? And then, of course, through as the movie goes on, we hear her addressed by her name, Jenny, very many times. But that was really weird to me. I was like, OK, this person you want me to care about, who also has a seemingly important role, you know, being teamed up with the army to do archaeology on these sites you can't even tell me what her name is like that was 
<laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> it was very weird. And I feel like to get into more about that and like how the women in this film are portrayed is she throughout the whole film can't do anything on her own. Like, yeah, <laughs> she has to rely on Nick, Tom Cruise's character the entire time, because if he's not like being chased by the mummy, he's like helping her. Like there's multiple times where mm-hmm. you see her have to rely on him, um, even though like he's his mind is being taken over by an evil force. <laughs> Right. You're so right. I didn't even think of it in that plane of terms. But yeah, he's the one who's supposed to be like halfway possessed or who's under mind control. But yet she remains the damsel in distress. Yeah, throughout the whole thing. And this other like character. (laughs) Sorry. This other like character. I love that. That's that's, like exactly like it's like I guess you could call them a character. Like (laughs) It's exactly right. Oh, man. Yeah, and then the other character is this promiscuous monster that is trying to pull him over to the dark side. And it just Mm -hmm. seems like this, like, I don't know. It just seems like these ideas of, like, women are just, like, it just just seems unwise. And I'm just, like, surprised that no one on the team was, like, oh, wow. Like, what are we really saying here? (laughs) Totally. Like, it... I think I mentioned to you after we watch it, this movie felt extremely dated to me, but in that very like early 2000s bro-y vibe that was like kind of tropey humor where you could, you know, right, wrong or indifferent, you could kind of get away with more of those kind of portrayals and, and humor. But I, yeah, I had a real problem with the way that the mummy character was like super fetishized. Like, like that whole scene where she, there's a scene where she's being, She's been captured by someone else who we need to talk about, but she's been captured um, and is tied up and she's having like mercury pumped through her veins because they're basically embalming her alive and it's the only way they can control her. But the way that she's chained up, she's like barely any clothes on. She's like in the middle of this room and I was like, this is just way over sexualized. Like there was no way, no reason that they had to set this up this way. Um, and just like on a personal level, Sophia Butella, who plays the mummy, like she's so like, so amazing, such a badass. Like she's been in, she's played a lot of really cool female characters, like in, um, Atomic Blonde and in the second Kingsman movie, she was kind of this like, uh, cool assassin lady. Like, (laughs) so it was just like, I was like, man, she deserves better. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she was probably one of the best actors in this film. Oh, yeah. She was, like, the only one I cared about. (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, I was kind of, like, on her side at the end. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I was, like, I kind of wish we got to see more of the mummy in this mummy movie. Oh, man. Okay. I I liked what you said. Another character we need to talk about. I'm Mm -hmm. guessing you're talking about the one that's played by Russell Crowe. Yes. (laughs) So this movie was intended to be the first first release in a new cinematic universe by Universal Pictures called The Dark Universe. So it was supposed to be kind of a reboot of all the classic monster movies, but they wanted to do like a Marvel spin on it and have, you know, 
all these big blockbuster movies released every year where they would focus on a different famous monster, but they'd be kind of in an interconnected universe. So I guess that's part of what they were doing with Russell Crowe's character, which was like very on the nose. But yeah, he's basically introduced to us as what's supposed to be this like, oh my goodness moment. He introduces himself as Dr. Henry Jekyll. So presumably of Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> so what yes, was your reaction I, to that? <laughs> I was like, wow, you didn't leave any room here for interpretation. Like, nope, nope. I was like, this guy is half monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so just like, I think, so I knew going in, I think, who he was supposed to be. I can't remember if I read it somewhere, um, but I so but it kind of remembered it as I was watching it and I was like oh I bet they really they save this for the very end and it's supposed to be this big like aha moment that is supposed to set up the next movies but they don't they just like let you know right away like no mystery no (laughs) no like even clues to make you guess it on your own it's just like this is who I am (laughs) and this is what we're doing here I guess (laughs) and the first time we are introduced to him we see him start to transform into Mr. Hyde yeah, yeah, they waste no time. <laughs> Wasted zero time. And it was it was funny too because I I was thinking as he transformed into Mr. Hyde, I was like, this guy's already way more interesting of a character. <laughs> I was like, who am I supposed to be rooting for here? I think I'm rooting for all the wrong people. <laughs> oh my god, because I agree. <laughs> yeah, like before the transformation, he's just this very like stiff British dude who you know, I guess the other big reveal is that he is the leader of an organization that tracks down and traps these kind of monsters like the mummy in order to do experiments on them under the guise of like protecting the world. But really, he wants to like torture them like he was doing with the mummy. Um, So that was very strange. It was like, okay, if he's supposed to be the leader of this, are we supposed to find him sympathetic? Or is he the bad guy? But yeah, it was just all over the place I wasn't really sure (laughs) and then even like another like point where I was like okay this is weird like how they're portraying women here is how Jennifer talks to him like Mm -hmm. Jenny like goes to him at the end and is like see he's a good guy (laughs) she's like see Nick is a good guy he like did the right thing and I'm just like why I don't know I don't know what about it all but I just feel like the women were really, like, if they weren't, like, trying to, I don't know, they either needed the help of others or they were trying to, like, they were at this, like, lower level speaking up to someone else. It was just, I don't know. It was weird to me. The women yeah. thing was, like, really, ev- like, evident to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. It really was. It's so true. And and even, like, the entire concept of the movie, I was thinking about it and, so in the beginning, when they're kind of telling Princess Amit's story, um, and they're showing all like the flashbacks to her in Egypt, and and they're talking about how like you know she was this um, revered person, and she was like, but she was also very ruthless, very power driven, and you know of course like she ends up murdering her entire family, so that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> but but I did still feel like okay, like why does the the strong woman have to be the root of all evil, literally. Like, that, that was 
that's what she was. Like, that's what they were saying she was. And that was why she had to be destroyed. And I was just like. That's a great point. That is such a good point. Yeah. I mean, I just like. Because that's the thing about a lot of the old monster movies. Like, you know, Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, Dracula. The interesting thing about those classic films was that you were still somewhat sympathetic to the monster. Yeah. Like, they were supposed to be these more layered, complicated figures. And it was supposed to be all about, like, who's really the monster and all of this. And this movie, like, kind of started to go that route in some ways, but then always just dropped the ball immediately. Like, like I was definitely on the mummy side just out of principle, but, but yeah. the film was definitely not doing that for you it wasn't giving you any like anything complicated to chew over and 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 like yeah you could argue that because of what mr or dr jekyll was doing like yes they did show that he was misguided and was a bad guy ultimately in that situation but with the way the film ended it was still very much like oh the mummy was like the the big bad in the movie like there was no room for sympathy and that was that just made me extra unforgiving of like the way she had been portrayed because they didn't even do that i completely agree with you it's like they carved zero sympathy for this character when they could have carved some but the only thing that her humanity came from her sexiness the only thing human about her was her sexiness and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was just so like think a little bit harder i'll have to do some research on like i'm just curious to know how many women at all were on the like writing staff of this but (laughs) yeah it's very interesting yeah i i hate to say this but because i love new girl and i love Mm -hmm. uh jake johnson and new girl i i think he's really good in that and then there's another movie called Drinking Buddies that's not very good, but, like, I think he plays that character well. Yeah. But I I am starting to think that Jake Johnson can only play one role, and that's Nick Miller. <laughs> yeah. That's true, and that's, like, kind of sad because even when he was on the screen in this movie, I was like, wow, he, he said it next to Tom Cruise, but I found him a lot more charismatic and like yeah he didn't have a lot of depth to him (laughs) and it was very like how you're used to seeing jake johnson but i was like it did have me wondering could he do more or is he just always kind of thrust into these kinds of roles because of what he's known for but i could also see it the other way like you're saying like this is really all he's got (laughs) yeah and i think that just like the way this movie was written like the dialogue like did him an injustice because like the humor in it was so murky sometimes. You didn't know if it was yeah. supposed to be humorous or not. But, like, whenever he came into the screen, like, you're, like, pretty sure, okay, I think I'm supposed to be laughing at this. But, like, the rest of the movie hasn't, like, made me comfortable enough to be, like, laughing at his character. And his character just feels awkward to me the entire time. And just, like, yeah. pops up at random moments. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I do not like this character. But Yes. <laughs> and it was weird because after he first becomes like you know he gets bitten by the awfully cgi'd spider and then he starts to go bad like he's like a little bit scary then but then he turns into funny again it was like very weird i was like what is this what is happening it it i agree it didn't land and there's one point where he 
and this is like what got me thinking of the early 2000s stuff but speaking of the bad humor there's a scene where he and tom cruise literally make a joke about his like sex only lasting 15 seconds for them i was like this is like how how does this still make its way into movies like yeah (laughs) like there's i could write a better joke than that yeah (laughs) and it wasn't fun yeah it wasn't funny (laughs) it wasn't funny at all oh gosh it was bad (laughs) it was bad (laughs) and it was like it could have man it's like the whole concept of the dark universe is something that i would totally root for like i think it's a cool thing and at one point i think they were this may not be totally factually correct but i think they were going to kick it off with like the bride of frankenstein and i was like that would have been a cool story to reimagine like the mummy is like a classic as well but it's kind of with like the the brendan fraser 90s version and it's like kind of a many times revisited story so it's like if you're gonna kick off your new universe with something like that like it's really got to be imaginative and great but it's like they didn't even try it's wild (laughs) well this director i was looking to see what else he's done Mm. and i think he's only done one other movie and that is people like us which i haven't seen Mm, yeah me neither that's very interesting yeah but i'm just it's like hard for me to imagine that he was he was this guy was able to get this all-star cast for this bad movie (laughs) right it's really weird it's like i wonder if it was just the promise of hey, we're kicking off this massive multiverse thing and you'll be guaranteed to be in four films and we're just going to make bundles of money because we're going to follow the Marvel formula. And and then it just like completely fell apart. But it, it is very strange that they would hire someone who didn't have a proven track record of pulling off movies like that to yeah. do the very first one. Like, yeah, it makes me wonder what else was going on there. What other incentive was baked in? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Tom Cruise feels weird about his performance in this film. <laughs> I know. Even, like, the sound effects. Like, the whole time that I, I... It was specifically on Tom Cruise's character, but each time he would talk, it sounded like a voiceover. Like, very obviously oh. a voiceover. And it was weird. Just, yeah, it was just... The, even the sound editing to me was just very poor, but I don't know. It was very odd. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of of sound quality and weird things with sound, did you hear about the big trailer boondoggle with this movie? No. Did you read that anywhere? So I, I remembered hearing about it when this movie first came out, and I'd kind of forgotten, but then it occurred to me, and so I looked it up again. But basically, when they released the IMAX trailer for this movie, um, like on YouTube and everywhere, um, somebody at Universal like screwed up and submitted the trailer without any of the um, music or sound effects, like no Foley sound involved. So this trailer got released that was literally just um, the voice, like the voice sounds. And it is so funny it's like (laughs) i was watching it again (laughs) earlier today um it's so great especially because like the first trailer is basically just that scene when they're on the plane and it explodes 
um, because like all the birds fly into it because they're I guess mad that the mummy is on the plane but <laughs> um and, the, and like you know Jenny uh like leaves on the parachute and they're all like being tossed around in this plane as it swerves through the sky so it's literally just like all the yelling and like thud noises of them like bumping into things and it is so funny and the internet being as it is um a lot of people (laughs) took those sounds like those isolated vocal sounds and they put them into other things like other movie trailers or like (laughs) video games (laughs) i went down this internet rabbit hole (laughs) watching the videos that people had superimposed those sounds onto it's so great oh my gosh that's so good i'm gonna have to watch that (laughs) i'll send you the link yes Yes, please do (laughs) Oh man, it's so great. I'm like, we should have known when that happened with like the trailer. <laughs> like, was that trailer shown like at movie theaters? Maybe or, I don't like, think was in it movie just theater, online? just okay. online. And I think they caught it, you know, like an hour later. But that's too slow in the internet world. Like, too many people had already like saved it off, and you know, it went viral. But I remember this movie podcast I listened to way back when that they played the audio of that (laughs) when that happened. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so one thing we thought would be fun is we came up with an alternative ending to this film Um, just to give it some more pizzazz, some a little bit more fun to this movie that we all think is pretty bad. So... (laughs) I'm excited to hear your... I'm, I have a feeling that our endings might be the same. I was kind of thinking that too. I was like, I could see them being very similar. <laughs> okay, do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. So, my alternative ending starts... There's a lot I would change about the rest of the film, but my alternative ending starts when at the end when Ahmet is there with the knife that has the the magic stone in it. Um, there's always a magic stone that's the other thing yeah it's always a magic stone there's always a horcrux in these films (laughs) yes (laughs) that's so true Um, but Ahmet is there with Nick and she is saying just given to me just given to me and Nick but Ahmet looks over and sees that Nick is just not suitable to be the chosen one (laughs) he is not cut out to be the god of death or to be set And so she sees Jennifer over in the corner, dead. And she's like, wow, you know what? She throws Nick across the tomb, and he hurts himself and cannot make his way over to stop Ahmet. Ahmet takes the sword and stabs the dagger, or takes the dagger. Ahmet takes the dagger and stabs (laughs) Jennifer with the dagger. Jennifer awakes from death. She is really the best suitor for this job, having defeated death having been dead and come back to life and so she becomes the god of set and they leave nick there on his own (laughs) see your way out of this nick (laughs) yeah and then together ahmet knowing the dark and the evil and jennifer knowing all the work that she's done with monsters they go out and they start to release all the existing monsters onto the world. The end. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Almost exactly the same. So 
yes same exact thing because like jennifer so she dies right and like that's like supposed to be nick's big heroic moment when he makes the sacrifice for her so yeah like she had the same the whole movie ahmet is going around like killing people or resurrecting dead people so she could have done the same thing to jennifer if she if she even had to be alive like then yeah exactly stab her i had yeah exact same thing i was like no i want these two to go (laughs) conquer the world together it's the exact same thing because because like gosh and what better redemption for jenny's character when like we were saying she's literally been a doormat the whole movie despite the fact that she's a million times smarter than any of the men that she's in contact with. And she actually, you know what? I didn't even think of this before, but it makes sense because she studied ancient Egypt like forever. Yeah. She's already like, she can speak the language. She's, which I guess, as we learn in the movie, Nick learned the language by being halfway possessed by the mummy. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But like, she cared. Like, <laughs> yeah. So she would have been a perfect partner. The one she thing that been was a great evil genius. Monster. Yes. The one thing I love about yours, though, that I hadn't thought about was, like, the releasing of all the other monsters. Like, that would have been good. And it would have been a a perfect way to set forth this, like, the dark universe, you know? Because, like, what else? Like, if this is going to be your pilot movie to set up all these other storylines, like, that would have been so good. I I think mine, mine was just, like, yeah, that happens and then they go off to be, like a vigilante team together like i don't know <laughs> like they show that they really weren't the ones the selfish ones or the mummy especially she wasn't that selfish all along and that she would have actually been a good uh immortal person <laughs> <laughs> look at us we're, we're friends of the antagonist <laughs> we are gosh maybe we'll reboot the dark universe <laughs> with a bit of a feminine eye <laughs> But you know what? Speaking of this ending, like it was so, and I hope I'm not beating a dead horse here, but as we were talking about, I was thinking about it again. It's like, you know, he, he makes this whole point of being like, well, I'm not going to join you, but I am going to turn myself into set anyway (laughs) and then kill you. But all he had to do, what, like, all he had to do was crush the stone and then she would have died anyway, and he wouldn't have had to become set. But I guess he did it so that he could resurrect Jenny. But, like, doesn't add up. They knew each other it's for just, two days. Like, you yeah. didn't have to become possessed by the god of death. Like, <laughs> let's let's try some CPR. Some good old-fashioned CPR. Right? You didn't had- even try. <laughs> like, and it felt like they did that just so that he could have this whole scene of, like, physically destroying the mummy. And it was just so bad. It didn't make any sense. So... Basically, we should be hired as writers for these kinds of things. <laughs> and then soon after that, the the plot completely changes to be Beauty and the Beast, where... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where Tom Cruise, Nick is in the corner. He's like, no, Jenny, I can't, I can't look at you. I can't let you see me like this. I don't know if I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> and she's like, step into the light with her candle person. <laughs> It didn't make any sense. Oh my gosh. Come on. I hope they come out with a second one. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) We would probably watch it. I would probably watch it. (laughs) You know, I did read, I have no idea if there's any truth to this, but 
I read that um, Paul Feig, he most recently directed A Simple Favor, um, that he was working on a script for the Dark Universe called Dark Army. Um, no idea what that means, but I was very intrigued by that because I really like his movies and he's good at nailing dark humor. So I was like, okay, if they're going to give it another go with him, I think I'd be into it enough yeah. to give it a try. <laughs> but I guess we'll see. Yeah. TBD. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> give it a couple more years. We'll see if we're, <laughs> if we have to go back to Nick and all this stuff. I don't know, but. <laughs> all right. So in our last episode, we both talked about, so obviously we did a Paul Thomas Anderson film and we talked about other movies of his. Um, and um, I'll let you, I don't want to be the only one who talks about this because I know we both watched There Will Be Blood since our last episode. Uh, first timers with that one. And yeah, that movie definitely slept on it for way too long. It was incredible. Um, so good. I forgot how much I missed Daniel Day-Lewis, although he's not been out of the film sphere for that long. <laughs> um, but yeah, that movie was awesome. So that's definitely probably the most quality thing I've watched since we last discussed. Um, but then actually last night I streamed The Craft, which um, is from the 90s. It's a movie about this group of four teenage girls who form a witch coven <laughs> and I've been wanting to see it for so long yeah it's it's like kind of become a cult classic and I always would see it advertised on like Alamo Draft House uh themed weekends especially like around Halloween but I've never seen it um but it's on Netflix so I watched it last night and I like loved it it's like kooky and it's definitely not good but it's like it works you know <laughs> yeah and the nostalgia was so high. Like, I mean, I was never like a teenage witch or anything, but it really made me miss like the 90s and just like thinking of like, because I mean, they were older than I was in the 90s, but still being like a tween and like hanging out with friends and going on weird adventures, like getting into stuff you shouldn't be like, it just really, I don't know. It, I was like, just vibing with it um yeah. it gets real nuts at the end but um but yeah I would definitely recommend it I enjoyed it <laughs> that's awesome yeah I have to give that one a watch it it you describing it made me think of Jawbreaker did you ever watch that when you were young I actually never did no I know what it is but I've never seen it <laughs> it was pretty horrific it's pretty horrific oh gosh to watch as a child <laughs> Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> Would you recommend it as an adult or was was it too scarring? <laughs> I probably should revisit it. It's it's really dark humor. But okay. I should, yeah, I should revisit it as an adult. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what's next for you? What are you going to watch now? Um, so I think next I definitely want to watch Phantom Thread just to keep it on the PTA Daniel Day-Lewis vibe because I know you said that was one of your favorites and um was interested in it before even more so after watching there will be blood so i want to watch that one and then um i've also something that's been on my watch list for a while is a movie called the handmaiden which came out in 2016 um it's another foreign film but it's I've korean wanted, too right i believe so yeah um and it's supposed to be just incredible and it's been on my watch list forever and i'd kind of forgotten about it but it keeps popping up like on 
Instagram accounts I follow, like on suggested things. So I feel like the universe is trying to tell me something. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to expedite watching that one. Um, but yeah, that's really all my plans. Well, there's always others that pop up in the meantime of our recordings, but I think those two are at the top for me. Yeah. But yeah. What about you? Um, yeah. So movies I've watched, I watched downhill which was Mm. absolutely horrible and then i watched (laughs) there will be blood which i loved gave it a Mm -hmm. full five stars for me um and i've been watching i've still been watching a lot of survivor (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) i cannot recommend going back and watching the old seasons enough it's (laughs) so fascinating um and kind of up next for me is I still want to watch I still haven't watched um Call Me By Your Name so that's definitely oh, high yes. up on the list um and I also want to watch Never Rarely Sometimes Always which I think I can find it on Amazon right now because it went to theaters so. right before like all this COVID-19 stuff um started happening so I think I'm going to try to get my hands on that one and watch that as well because I've heard some good things so yeah yeah Awesome. Yeah, I've heard such good things about that. I need to watch that too. But yeah, we're we're excited to do another episode soon. Um, the possibilities are endless with streaming in this time of quarantine. So yeah, thanks for listening to us talk about a bad movie. That was really fun. Um, and we're looking forward to next time. Bye. Bye.